You are listening to the smooth, smooth sounds of the mating ritual of the majestic giant tortoise. Check, check. We're here. Welcome back, everybody, to the Break the Bell podcast. This is your weekend wrap-up. My mic was really quiet for some reason, so I didn't think it was working. That's oh, fun. okay. I guess I should have checked the mics before we started <laughs> recording, but... Surprise! I mean, we're not live. I could stop it and that's go back true. and start again, but... That's true. I'm not going to do that, no. because who cares? That's, that's part of our allure. Yeah, I mean, we we pretend to be like normal people that yeah. don't have all their shit together. I mean, right. this, that's part of the illusion. Exactly. I mean, exactly. We, don't want, you in. we don't want to be too perfect, so so we come off yeah. as this like every man's man, like Joe yeah. Biden did, you right, know? Right, right, yeah. Every man's man from Scranton. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, that's why we have all these mistakes. Yeah. It's, not, it's not because we just kind of suck at what yeah. we're doing. No, it's, not at all. Not at all. We just like to appear like the little guy. Yes, we, we do, and we do a damn good job of it. <laughs> Again, welcome to your weekend wrap-up. This is the part of the week where we wrap up the week. Yeah. Tell you everything that you should know or... Probably may may or may not want to know. You probably yeah. don't want to know you, a lot of it. You probably don't. It's easier not to. Yeah, it, it's stuff that I think we all got to kind of pay attention yeah. to for the most part. And then some extra stuff, whatever we feel like throwing in. Things that we think you should be listening to. Um, so, so we don't want to detract from our main show where we no. dig into actual, like topics like really dig deep yeah. with, but we still feel like we got to cover some of all this other bullshit going on so that's why we extended to the second show of the week so we could cover everything else and you won't miss a beat you won't feel <laughs> like you're missing stuff and we get all our bases covered absolutely absolutely how, how you doing bill i'm doing all right today we uh we're camping this weekend yeah, so that's what I heard. Uh, and it was hot as hell too it was so i'm still recuperating to be honest so, yeah yeah i don't do well in the heat oh i i had to help um, some in-laws move yesterday in the 95 degree time. I'm oh, like, yeah. you literally yeah. picked the hottest day of the summer. It really did because if they would have waited till today, it ended up being fairly nice. I know that's exactly because <laughs> like, I had a birthday party with the in-laws today. I'm like, you know, you could have done this today, right? I was like, you were watching the weather and you're like, that's going to be the hottest, <laughs> the hottest day. Let's freaking do it then. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if we can get Craig on that day. Yes. It's and it was it was a lot of work. I ended up having to lift like ninety percent of the heavy objects. Oh, I'm because sure. One of the brother-in-laws tweaked his back in yeah. the very first load, so he wasn't able to lift a lot of heavy stuff. Another guy was my father-in-law, and I don't. I mean, he will do mm. all the heavy lifting, but I'm like, dude, you you you're at the age yeah. you got to back off because I don't yeah. want to have to carry you out of here too. Yeah. And then some of the other guys, um, I mean, there were there were. More females than men there, which, yeah. I mean, 
I don't like doing all the little, like loading up all the little shit right. either. So that's what the females end up doing yeah. is loading all the. I'm I'm like once the square things are done, my OCD <laughs> kicks in, and I'm like I don't want to pack anything else because nothing fits like Tetris yeah. inside this right. anymore. Yeah. And so that's what the women tend to be good at when yeah. it comes to moving the is, organization. Yeah, and so yeah. Um, got all the heavy stuff moved. And then I came home and I crashed hard afterwards. Oh yeah, I bet. Yeah, no, that, and that's the role I usually fall because mm-hmm. usually everybody I'm helping move, you know, especially family, they usually have bad backs or bad knees and they yeah. can't lift things. So yeah, and they they always try. It's like, dude, I I don't want to carry you too, so yeah, you got to right. take it easy. Yeah, right. <laughs> we don't want you to die. Yeah, yes, exactly. And my my father in laws are a pretty stubborn guy too, oh, and sure. he's just like, yeah, oh. I can get this. But the funny thing was, he sat down and he was like, you could tell he was drained afterwards, and he said, he's like, I'm just gonna go home and I'm gonna lock myself in my house and never come back out. And I was like, as long as we don't have to move you ever, that's perfect. Just do that. <laughs> yeah, please, please. So, um, so now we're here Sunday yes. Sunday evening. Yes, um, tail end of the weekend. Yep. Yep. Doing our, our wrap up before um, the week starts. Yeah, yeah. Before we kick off a whole new <laughs> week yes. of a shit show of <laughs> what's going on, I'm sure. So before we get into the episode, obviously we got to talk about our coffee fix of the day, the yes. week, the month, something the year. We, we both desperately need it. Yes, something. Did you know? Even on a hot day, you can put coffee on ice. And enjoy coffee just as much. Because most people are like, I'm not going to have coffee. It's hot out. It's right, like, yeah. you know coffee goes on ice, too. You can yeah. have cold coffee and still experience delicious freedom in your mouth. <laughs> I mean, that's usually... I'm not... I'm, like, really bad at being healthy. Like, hydrating, specifically. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, when it's hot out, give me, like, an energy drink or a beer or yeah. an iced coffee or something. I'm not one to typically, like... Oh, it's so hot. Give me some water. <laughs> it's like, hey, you want water? It's like, no, I got this monster right here. This work. <laughs> but like I said, run your mouth coffee is so versatile that you can pour it over ice yes. and experience freedom in your mouth while you're sweating your that's, ass that's off. It's beautiful. It's good in summer and the winter. It is. It is good all year round. You can experience that that freedom love in coffee. You can cool yourself off. It, it, I mean, it, and, and you know how you, you know that that Run Your Mouth Coffee is the brand of freedom. Why is that? They don't have a pumpkin spice latte version. <laughs> yeah, they, they, that is perfect. I think pumpkin spice is like the flavor of communism. Uh, that, I was just positive. gonna say that. That is, is the taste of communism. So hopefully they don't next, next, <laughs> I know, month be like, out. hey, we're losing. I'm like, shit. All right, we gotta go back and edit all that out. <laughs> so experience freedom. In your mouth, regardless of the time of year, by going to rymcoffee.com, drink run your mouth coffee. Tell them we sent you by using the promo code break the bell, all one word, um, and you can get 10% off your order, which everybody likes that. Absolutely. And like I said, all you got to do is brew it up, pour it in like a pitcher, and stick it in the fridge. And then tomorrow tomorrow on a hot day, you just pour that in a cup and hydrate yourself with that coffee. Yeah. RYM coffee. Taste the freedom. .com. Taste the freedom. Taste the cool, cool freedom in the hot summer day. Yes. Yes. Let's do this, Bill. Let's do it. We got a few things to cover. A lot of it is just rolling over from last week's insanity or last year's insanity. You know how it's been yeah. for the last year. <laughs> but <laughs> Insanity. First, before we get into that rollover stuff, this new thing, this is probably the most important news that's going on right now. Like, over... 
the impending doom in Afghanistan, yes. over coronavirus, over the economic shutdown. Yes, I, I mean this. This is this so much worse. Yes, yes. Apparently, there is a movement in Hollywood promoting less showering. Wow. Okay. In a. In the last two years, we've been so concerned about personal hygiene and like yeah. cleanliness and like hand sanitizer, yeah. social distancing, wearing masks, and yet we still have people that are like, you know, you don't really got to shower that much. Interesting. And it's like a Hollywood movement, and you know, it how, would have to start in Hollywood. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, or how France. Hollywood trends go. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's like all the fad diets. It's oh, just yeah. like, right. Oh, uh, this guy's doing it, so it must be a good yeah. idea. So this is from the Wall Street Journal. It is titled, How Often Should You Shower? Celebrities Ignite a Ferocious Debate, as <laughs> celebrities tend to do. Absolutely. It says, Hollywood types, including Jake Gyllenhaal, Mila Kunis, Ashton Kutcher, and Dax Shepard, take a lax approach to hygiene. So first of all, I want, I want to point out, I fucking hate Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, he's one of my least... <laughs> I, I know you say that you, you do hate him. I don't know what it is. I think yeah. it's mostly his face. Interesting. And when I first read Jake Gyllenhaal, I was like, oh, that makes sense. That's yeah. another reason to hate him. <laughs> but Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher, they're like one of my f like favorite Hollywood couples. Yeah, they're your I mean, people. They, they're like Iowa people. Right, well, right. at least he well, is. He is. And right. she loves, like yeah. Casey's Pizza is one of her new favorite things That's because insane. she loves Iowa. That right there should tell you something's wrong. And Dak Shepard's one of... Uh, He's, yeah, he's a decent guy. A really down-to-earth yeah, Hollywood guy. I've always been a fan of his wife, uh, Kristen Bell. Yeah, and they're one of my favorite Hollywood yeah. couples, too. So, But now we're putting them on the playing, same playing field as Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. And yeah. now I'm going to have to hate them because they don't like to shower. Yeah. Well, but do they not like showering or do they just like to like sparse it out a little? I, I think they just like to stink. <laughs> it says it mirrors a similar discord in the medical community and among everyday people. I didn't realize that. What everyday people? He says showering wasn't really a thing in the 18th century in France. Do you know it also wasn't really a thing in the 18th century of France? Living past the age of 40. <laughs> yeah, right. It was until the Crimean War that they figured out you should wash your hands before yes. doing medical procedures. And they, they like flipped you upside down and bled yeah, bad they would blood put out holes of you. in your head. Yeah, they bloodlet you. They gave you what? What was that? Where they like drilled into your yeah. brain to relieve pressure? Yes, <laughs> they used leeches. So, so leeches. This, this is the shit that we should go off of because in 18th century France, it wasn't really a thing. Yeah, but they also stuffed their pockets full of like freaking rose petals so right, they wouldn't yeah. stink so bad. Right. That's probably what they're doing. It says there weren't showers for one. Yeah, clean water was scarce. Yeah, things that we take advantage of today. Things we have now. You know, the funny thing is the same people that are saying, oh, they didn't do it in 18th century France, are also the people that are like, we have vaccines now. Right, Like, yeah. welcome to the 21st century. Yeah. Why are you so against it? And it's like, welcome to the 21st century. We have showers and clean right. water now. Yeah. To contemporary sensibilities, the pre-revolutionary French probably could have used at least a rinse especially since public sanitation was rudimentary and streets held sewage runoff. In Patrick Seuskind's 1985 historic novel, Perfume, he described this period as foul. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's putting it there, lately. There reigned in the cities a stench barely conceivable to us mo modern men and women. Yeah. But the French did their own version of daily toilette. Many douse themselves in cologne, <laughs> Axe body spray. <laughs> it's like mid-2000s teenage yeah. mindset going on here. Yeah. Axe body spray. And changed into fresh linen shirts. 
At the other extreme, first century Romans bathed for multiple hours a day in large groups um, without soap, but still, they're doing something. In many places in the world, including parts of India, the local watering hole or river is still the spot to clean one's body and clothes and dishes. As Catherine Aschenberg wrote in 2008, historical account of bathing, the dirt and clean, even more than in the eye or the nose, cleanliness exists in the mind of the beholder. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Are you serious? That perspective might be good to keep in mind for those engaging in the current online debate over showering. This month, endearingly scruffy actor Jake Gyllenhaal gave a freewheeling interview to Vanity Fair in which he said he finds bathing less necessary. Can you imagine his coworkers like, dude, I can't. Yeah, right. Like, dude, come on. Just shower. The girl that has to like make out with Uh. him. She's like, they're like, um, can we cut? Yeah, you're you're kind of making a face of disgust. And she's like, I'm sorry, he just stinks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What days do you shower on? Maybe we can arrange something. Right. He continued, I do also think that there's a whole world of not bathing that is also really helpful for skin maintenance, and our bodies naturally clean themselves. He also said that he is baffled that loofahs come from nature. What? What? I, it's not even going to let me read this full story. That's uh, frustrating. They're going to make me subscribe. But we'll get through some stuff, I guess. Um, it goes on to say, The world of not bathing appears to be located around the axis in Hollywood, given the number of celebrities that have chimed on their own philosophies of hygiene. On an appearance on Dax Shepard's Armchair Expert podcast this summer, act, actor Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis described their laissez How do you pronounce that? Laissez-faire? Yeah, laissez-faire approach to bathing themselves and their kids. I wash my armpits and my crotch daily and nothing else. When it comes to the kids, he said, if you see dirt on them, clean them. Otherwise, there's no point. After the subject exploded on Twitter, Dwayne The Rock Johnson weighed in on the opposite of the spectrum. And it cuts off there. But from what I read, he showers like five times a day or yeah. something, three times a day. And I pointed out, yeah, but he also works out like eight times a day. So he's got... <sighs> A lot of stench on him, I'm sure. Yeah, so yeah, here's I found this article on people. All right. Dak Shepard uh, goes on and says, People should not be getting rid of their natural oil on their skin with the bar of soap every day. Look, I, I understand there is a certain point to this because I remember back in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, when hand sanitizer was really getting popular. Yeah. But they weren't putting all like the, the extra like aloes and stuff in it to keep you from drying out and shit. Yeah. And I had even said this when everybody was like spraying their hands full of hand sanitizer after coronavirus. You are literally killing all the natural oils in your body. Yeah. Like, right, right. Yeah, and I've which, heard that. Which actually protects you from a lot of bacteria. So yeah. um, there is a point to that, but I think showering is still a good thing. <laughs> yeah, like, um, let's see. Myla... Uh, Kuna said that uh, she didn't have hot water as a kid, so she didn't bathe a lot. No, she's from, like, freaking Soviet yeah. Ukraine, well, though. So then she's like, well, you know, if I see the dirt, I'll wash my kid. And then and uh, I understand that from kids. I, I never was one to, like, hey, our kids need a bath every single day. Like, twice a week, maybe, yeah. when they're young. Once they hit teenagers, though, it's like, dude, you need a freaking shower. You well, stink. Here's Kristen Bell, and this changes my entire view of her. Oh, God. She says, um, I wait until um, I catch whiff of the stink. <laughs> uh, at that point, I think you're beyond. I, I think you're beyond. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, this is the important thing right now. Yeah. Is this the war on 
cleanliness. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you think? Um, do you think there's some validity there, like with the whole oils and stuff? I'm sure there is. Oh, yeah. I, and I can see that. You know, I, I think that there's overdoing it for sure. Yeah. You know, but I I don't think there's anything wrong with, with you know, showering on a daily basis. <laughs> that tells me that they're not working hard enough. Yeah, right, 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 yeah. If they only shower when they stink, yeah. it's like, well... After like a good day's hard day's work, I yeah. need a shower. Right, I stink. <laughs> I, I'm not. I can't be like the Rock, where I think he says he showers like three or four times a yeah. day. Yeah, no, me neither. Yeah. But still, um, yeah. He goes, I, I, I do a cold shower when I roll out of bed. Yeah, but he's I got shower this... warm after my workout, before work, shower hot after I get home from work, face wash, body wash, exfoliate, and I sing off key in the shower. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, all those workout guys have their weird, strict yeah, right. routines. Yeah. Oh, I knew, used to know a guy. He was a roommate of mine, and he was a um, man. You never know it. <laughs> he was, he was a Golden Glove boxer, but man, he was gangly. Yeah. And uh, his his routine was he would he would shower, long shower, mm-hmm. and then he would soak in the bath. He wanted to get all the dirt off of him before he soaked in the bath, and and I've heard of that. Because yeah, I think it's gross to soak in the bath with all. Oh the no, I I would too. Body yeah. dirts on you. Yeah. So yeah, shower first and then yeah. then do your soak. Right. Yeah. I think baths are kind of gross to me. I, I like baths. I I don't I, usually. I do them in the winter time when it's cold, typically. Mm. You know, to warm up after working outside or yeah, something. Yeah, I just don't like floating in my own nastiness. <laughs> so if we get nothing else out of this show. Yes. Please. Where, where do you stand on the debate? Should you shower or no? Like, is every day too much? Is once a week not enough? I mean, yeah. Do you wait till you catch whiff of the smell? And when when you're using um, examples like 18th century France, I think <laughs> I think we're yeah. Like, I think we have a problem. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, people. <laughs> there was there was a lot of unknowns in 18th yeah. century and, France. And I, I think saying, well, you know, you don't want to wipe off the natural oils. I, I think that's okay to a point, but mm-hmm. y- you stink when you when you you know sweat typically. Right. You know, your hair gets nasty and greasy, your your face gets oily. So I, I think you have to control those oils, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's, and Jake Gyllenhaal saying, you know, oh, the body cleans itself naturally. Well, that's... No, kinda, it doesn't. No, <laughs> no it Nothing doesn't. Nothing cleans themselves naturally. Yeah, unless he thinks that's what the sweat is. <laughs> <You just laughs> it's like, bathe. oh, it's natural shower, people. Oh, you see how wet I am right now? <laughs> yeah. See, now I just shake off and I'm good to go. And there are some people that... Sh- I know that have naturally dry scalp and stuff that shouldn't right. wash their hair every oh, day. Oh, sure, yeah. Because... They're just killing all the oils in their head. And yeah. I, I understand certain conditions like that. Absolutely. Or if you have naturally dry skin, yeah. maybe not wash your skin with soap every day. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Cleanliness. I, I'm a I'm a huge supporter of I, I, I cleanliness. I'm a fan of, of good smelling people. So I guess I guess we gotta move on to the less important <laughs> stuff. Yeah, right. Well, it's bound to happen. <clears throat> yeah. So we talked last weekend wrap up about the case against the the officer who shot or supposedly shot Ashley right. Babbitt at the Capitol yeah, riot. They weren't going to identify who he was. Yeah, and they had said that the guy's defense, like he basically, didn't we say that he basically claimed he didn't shoot and he didn't even see a reason to shoot? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was the defense. We that talked about defense. that. Yeah. For like twenty minutes last yeah. week, and it's just like, well, if you didn't see that there was any need to shoot, well, then somebody pulled the trigger. Right unnecessarily yeah if, if your defense is that well somebody needs to like hang for this because somebody pulled the trigger when they didn't need to yeah as as the news cycle goes 
now that the charges have been completely dropped, this, oh, this guy is coming out from behind yeah. his like curtain. Yeah. And, 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 you know, everything that we just went through, you know, mm-hmm. with the um, um, the the um, Brianna Taylor, you know, the Derek Chauvin um, being the cop, mm-hmm. um, you know, just like all these things talking about like needing transparency in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And then they don't want to identify the the name of the shooter until the charges are dropped. Right, until, then he yeah. comes out, yeah. and then all of a sudden now he's given his side of the story, yeah. Even though it co- totally contradicts his defense, yeah. So this one is from BBC News. It says the Capitol riot officer who shot Ashley Babbitt reveals his identity. So now he's like, oh, I'm not so afraid to reveal this right. now because it doesn't contradict right the narrative anymore. So let me pull this one up. It says. <clears throat> the police officer who fatally shot Ashley Babbitt, who was among those breaching the U.S. Capitol in January, has revealed his identity for the first time. Michael Byrd, a 28-year veteran of Capitol Police, said he only shot the 35-year-old as a last resort while protecting members of Congress and their staff. He says, I know that day I saved countless lives, Mr. Byrd said in an interview. So now he's saying... It was a last resort, and he had to do it to save lives. But when, she, she wasn't armed. No. And his defense said he didn't do it and didn't even see a need to draw, to his, pull, weapon. Yeah. To draw his weapon. So which is it? Mm-hmm. Did you? Because now can they bring these charges back up now that it's totally no. contradicting yeah. his, his no, defense? Can't. It's like freaking O.J. Simpson if yeah. he were to come out and write a book or something <laughs> like that. If I did it? Yeah. It says, internal investigations have cleared him of any wrongdoing in the shooting. He said the January 6th shooting took place while he's protecting between 60 and 80 members of the House of Representatives in a Capitol Hill chamber. At the time, a mob of Donald Trump supporters were storming the building as lawmakers gathered to validate Joe Biden's presidential election uh, victory. That's not, what, That's was not what was happening. No, though. it's not at all. Officers had barricaded the lobby's doors and furniture with furniture, as rioters came closer, we were essentially trapped, Mr. Bird said. There was no way to retreat. Miss Babo is part of a group that forced entry into the chamber of the House of Representatives while it was still in session. Video of the incident shows her being shot in the shoulder after attempting to climb through a door. She later died in the hospital. Mr. Bird added that he issued repeated warnings for the crowd to get back. Their failure to comply required me to take the appropriate action to save the lives of members of Congress and myself and fellow officers. Miss Babbitt's family had previously demanded access to files from a probe into the incident. Her death has served as a, rally, a rallying cry among segments of the U.S. right, some of whom consider her a martyr. Mr. Bird said he has been in hiding for months after receiving death threats. So why now after mm-hmm. all your charges are clear, now yeah. all of a sudden you're like, hey guys, it was me. Yeah, if I, you're... yeah I, I did it because I felt like I needed to. And yeah, like days after he was cleared. Mm-hmm. He's just like, hey, I'm here guys, it was me all along. He doesn't yeah. sound like he was really afraid of death threats no, now. Because no. now you think more people are pissed right. off that yeah. he got off and on they, it. they know who he is. It says, also on Thursday... Seven U.S. Capitol Police officers filed a lawsuit against the former president, his ally Roger Stone, and several extremist groups. The lawsuit accuses Mr. Trump and some of his supporters of spreading lies and white supremacist ideology oh to attempt to overturn the election results We're back of 2020. On this. Yes, we are. Because, I mean, we got to pull attention from all the shit show that's right. actually going on. So we got to 
Oh, you'll remember Donald Trump was a white supremacist. Right, you remember yeah. all that. Don't yeah. look at what all the blunders going on in this administration. Yeah. Right. Because Trump was a white supremacist. Yeah. Right. In a court filing, attorneys for the police officer said that the actions of Mr. Trump and his allies led them being violently assaulted, spat on, tear gassed, bear sprayed, subjected bear sprayed? to racial slurs and epithets, and put in fears for their lives. A lawyer for Mr. Trump did not immediately respond to request for comment. Trump has previously denied responsibility for the Capitol riot, as has Mr. Stone. You notice how they don't ever call him former President Trump? Mm-hmm. It's always Mr. Trump. Yeah. And like every other right. former president, they call him by that mm-hmm. title. Right. So, again, the guy's totally in fear of his life. Yeah. And... Criminal charges were proposed, mm-hmm. or at least uh, not necessarily charges, I guess, just like an investigation. Yeah, right, like right. A, just a yeah, look at like, it. Like, okay, someone died. Let's see yeah. what happened. Yeah. For his defense, they said, no, why would he shoot his gun? He didn't even feel a need to shoot his right. gun. Yeah. And he's not going to release his name because he's afraid for his life. Yeah. Then as soon as all that goes away, he says, yeah, I did shoot her because I felt threatened and yeah. it was the last resort. See, and I, I read an article where he said that he, somebody had called out over the, the um, intercom or in the, their little network that shots were fired. And so that's why he took it seriously. But then after the fact, he found out that wasn't true. We're never going to find out what actually no. happened. And it makes it even shittier when everything is told from one angle mm-hmm. until everything is kind of swept under the rug, and then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, everything's this angle because he was threatened just to to reignite this whole, like, Absolutely. oh, yeah. this was such a bad incident, yeah. and I had to shoot her to save all these lives. It's yeah. like if it was that bad, then using that as your defense would yeah. have got you off. Well, and why wouldn't you have wanted your name out there if you were mm. so heroic and saved 60 to 80 legislative people? Right. Right. And I, if you were well in your rights to of self-defense, yeah. then why wouldn't you use that? Exactly. Why, why when they're probing this. Exactly. Why isn't he up for a medal right now? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. We'll never get a full story of what no, happened. No, won't. Like you and, said, because it's always going to be from one side of the story. Yeah, yeah and it's always going to be... This horrible mm-hmm. insurgency fighting on the back Capitol. white supremacist, mm-hmm. domestic terrorist. Yep. So, again, all that is just to kind of point the finger back at Trump. And yeah. remember how bad he was. Remember how white supremacist he was. I mean, mm-hmm. don't don't worry about all the bad things that are going on now because at least we don't got yeah boogeyman, orange man, Donald Trump. Right. Exactly. At least we don't have the white supremacist in there. Yes. So let's move on. I find it interesting. I'm not even going to really talk a ton about this story. Okay. But this this story interested me most because we talk about how, like, mandatory vaccines are kind of, like, some of us at least say that it's, like, kind of a violation of yeah. your individual right. rights. And then you get other people on the other side that are just like, oh, it's for the good of the people and blah, 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 and you hate grandma and all right. this stuff, right. you know. Well, that uh, that sentiment of mandatory vaccines are bad is it's predominantly a right wing yeah, Donald Trump thing, right? Yeah. Somebody came out and opposed mandatory vaccines, and it's not who you would think. It's not the king of the KKK. No. 
Vladimir Putin opposes mandatory vaccines. Oh. He says people should get vaccinated without coercion. Wow. So from the start here, yeah. I have to point out when Vladimir Putin is having more common sense when it comes to like human rights yeah. than we are as the United States, the <clears throat> freest country in the world, things are upside down. Yeah. <laughs> we have an <clears throat> yeah. issue. You know what's going to happen next is uh, Putin is going to send uh, Russian planes to rescue Americans in Afghanistan. (laughs) You're probably not wrong. Says Russian President Vladimir Putin says that while people need to get vaccinated to overcome this pandemic, nobody's job should be on the line if they refuse. Again. Yeah. When he is speaking more for your individual rights, we got an issue. Yeah. Speaking last week during a meeting with the governing United Russian Party ahead of next month's parliamentary elections, Putin said, we need to do everything we can to overcome this pandemic, adding, and the best tool we have in this fight is vaccination. Vaccination is the main weapon against the spread of the virus. Importantly, no one should be forced to get the jab. Pressure where people may lose their job is even less acceptable. People must be convinced of the need to get the vaccine, he said. This must be done persistently and respectfully. People should be convinced of the need to get vaccinated in order to save their lives and health and to protect their loved ones. Goes on to say, as Russian state-funded RT notes, uh, on Friday, Russian Health Minister Mikhail Moroshko announced that more than 43 million people have had one of the country's four domestically-made coronavirus vaccines. However, this number, he said, is not enough yet, and we will feel safer when the number of people who have protection against infection reaches more than 80%. At present, or at <clears throat> present, close to one in four Russians have been immunized against the virus, and it is unclear how many more may have developed antibodies after being infected with the virus across the nation. So even he is saying right. that people are developing immunization Naturally. Naturally through building up antibodies after being infected. Yeah. But if you say that here, you're a conspiracy theorist. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think I sent you something that said Israel just did a big study and mm. said that you're 13 times more um, likely to be protected against future strains by developing your own natural immunity than getting a vaccine. Isn't that how most sicknesses well, are, though? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and that's things that people have been saying, and, and they're being told to shut up. Yep. Because so. of this vaccine push. Yeah. Putin's comments appear to be at odds with official party or the official policy throughout several sectors of the Russian economy. In Moscow, for example, companies in industries such as hospitality, leisure, and transport must demonstrate that 60% of their staff have been vaccinated or else face hefty fines. Hmm. Officials have confirmed that businesses can send home employees without pay if they refuse in order to meet the quotas. Wow. And, I mean, we got to point out, obviously, this is an election cycle for right. Putin. So he might be coming out to say this just, just, just to garner public yeah. support. I can see that. So, But still, the fact that he says mm-hmm. it is more than our government uh, here but, will say. Yeah. But, I mean, Putin, like, like wrestles bears and, and, <laughs> and rides dragons. And his, his immune system probably, oh, like... It is the vaccine. It, it, <laughs> yeah, he's just hooked up... Up to like freaking tubes, and they're just yeah. pumping his blood out to yeah. take out coronavirus. Exactly. So it's like you know, I mean, things he says is taken as gospel, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like, you know, he could say, "Look, guys, um, you need to do the vaccine. This is like, 
doing communion with Christ's body, if you mm-hmm. take this from me. <laughs> this is my blood. <laughs> it will kill coronavirus. Exactly. And and people would be like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Yes. Um, real quick before we move on, um, right. I had seen in, um, and I think I sent you, that there was a, a parent in Chicago that had their... Um, it, Parental rights stripped from them. I saw that for not having yes. a vac- or for not being vaccinated. Was it coronavirus vaccination? Yes. Yeah. What so, the- yeah, she had gone. Uh, it was a it was a hearing on uh, visitation and child support um, with the husband, and the judge um, had asked her if she was vaccinated, and she had said no because um, I've had as- adverse effects from other mm-hmm. vaccines. And then he said that he was taking her uh, rights away, no visitation until she gets vaccinated. I've got. I've got many, many options for that mm-hmm. that come in these like copper or these like brass casings. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. In the forms of nine millimeters and five five six and yeah. I mean, come fuck with my kids oh, and find yeah. out. Oh yeah. For real. No, absolutely. Like come to my door and yeah. say, Hey, you're not vaccinated, I'm taking your kid. We're gonna find out really quick yeah. who are the 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 people that roll over and the people that are, mm-hmm. oh, oh, these guys look relatively peaceful. Yeah. You know, find out real quick who is like deep down inside, yeah, not as peaceful as you think. Oh, I yeah. mean, that wants to be peaceful, but will not let you fuck around oh, when no. it comes. No. It's it comes down to that whole fuck around and find out mentality. Yeah, absolutely. And I have that fuck around and find out mentality. Yeah. There are a few things that I would that would push me to that. Yeah. But my kids is number one. Absolutely. You, you screw around with my kids, yeah. you're going to find out really quick how yeah. much ammo I, I have. I will burn everything down. Yes. <laughs> I, I I mean, I don't publicly announce how much ammo I have stashed up. Yeah. But you'll find out really fast how much. Yeah. <laughs> because I will expand, I will expend every, every bullet I own yeah. for my kid. Absolutely. So, all that to say, I'm going to probably be on a list now <laughs> because I said that. But, yes. <clears throat> I mean... Yeah, but you don't you don't fuck around with kids. No, you just don't. No, that, not in the name of vaccines. Not no. in the name of no. You just don't. Yeah. That, that that hits me very personally. So, mm-hmm. if, if we're gonna start this trend of hey, we're gonna start taking away kids for mm-hmm. not being vaccinated, man, we're gonna have a civil war really fucking fast. Oh, yeah. I Absolutely. guarantee it. Yeah. So let's move on before I <laughs> before I get really un- unraveled here because that pisses me off really yeah. bad. We got to mention, I mean, we've talked the last two weeks on Afghanistan, and I don't want to do another main show a third week in a row on Afghanistan, but there we do have things to talk about because it's still progressing, and we said, mm-hmm. hey, we'll keep you updated as this progresses. So yeah. I feel that we got to at least mention some of the stuff. Yeah. Number one being the suicide bomb that killed dozens of people, including 13 U.S. troops yes. in, uh, in Kabul. At, was it at the airport? <laughs> It was right outside the airport. And what's interesting to me is that they were warning mm-hmm. of like, oh, there's potential terrorist attacks ramping up. And so that always, my my conspiracy brain right. just always like flares up yeah. when they start warning and then all of a sudden an attack actually happens yeah. in that spot. But I mean, maybe uh, they did I, have some intel, but... I, I did see a number of people um, post like, oh, great, CIA is doing a false flag to keep, get us back in Afghanistan. Yeah, I had seen that, and remember I had proposed that mm-hmm. my idea was, hey, maybe they're pulling back, so things ran right. back up to pull us back into it, and you and Andrew, our guest last week, both said, nah, nah, yeah. that's not what's happening. Yeah. But it's kind of looking like that. 
a little bit now. Maybe. To an extent. So this is from the New York Times. Says a suicide bomber in Kabul kills dozens, including 13 U.S. troops. A bomber or bombers struck a huge crowd outside the airport, killing at least 60 Afghan civilians in the waning days of the U.S. evacuation from Afghanistan. It says two explosions killed dozens of people, including at least 13 U.S. troops, ripping through the crowds outside Afghanistan's main airport on Thursday, just hours after Western governments had warned of an imminent Islamic State attack and told their people to stay away from the airport. The attack by at least two suicide bombers struck the only avenue of escape for the thousands of foreign nationals and tens of tens or hundreds of thousands of their Afghan allies who are trying to flee the country following the Taliban takeover and ahead of the final withdrawal of U.S. troops set for next Tuesday. I mean, are we surprised that this happened? No, not at all. I mean, you just take everybody that's a target and put them in one place. Yeah, and we, we, had, we had said that there's going to be mm-hmm. probably... Um, retaliation from the Taliban coming yeah. in with the people that supported the U.S. and the people that are trying to get out with right. the U.S. However, this isn't the case. Right. This is supposedly Taliban. not the Taliban. It's ISIS K. Yes, which sounds like a boy band. <laughs> it does. <laughs> On this week's Top of the Pops, it's <laughs> ISIS K with their hit single "72 Virgins Ain't You." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> With their, their hit single, I Am a Firework. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So, we got this ISIS-K. We got this attack. It says Afghan health officials gave varying estimates of the toll um, at the international airport in Kabul, the capital, from at least 30 dead to more than 60 and from 120 wounded to 140 while a Taliban spokesman cited at least 13 civilians killed and 60 wounded. says, for American forces, the attacks were a gruesome coda to the almost 20 years of warfare in Afghanistan, one of their heaviest losses just days before they are set to leave the country. In addition to 13 service members killed, 15 were, were, were wounded, the Pentagon said. We're outraged as well as heartbroken, President Biden said in his address. To those who carried out this attack, as well as anyone who wishes America harm, know this. We will never, for- we will not forgive. We will not forget. This is my favorite part. We will hunt you down and make you pay. Who did they, he said, to those who carried out this attack. Mm-hmm. Who carried out this attack? ISIS-K? Suicide bombers. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. They're, We're going to hunt yeah. down <laughs> suicide bombers and make parts them of pay. Them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I get what he's saying here, like the people yeah. that planned it out. Right. But it, it's just, it just is a typical thing for it, Biden. It's what to Biden say. would say. Yes. It's just like, you know, the people, yeah. uh, the, the really bad dudes that carried out this attack. It would have been funny if a reporter was like, um, Mr. President, they were suicide bombers. They're dead. We will <laughs> find every bit of them and we will, we will make them into more pieces. <laughs> I will defend our interests and our people with every measure at my command, he said. So, let's talk about this ISIS-K. Yes. Because it says U.S. airstrikes take out imminent ISIS-K threats. So, so we retaliated with U.S. airstrikes, or like drone strikes, took out this ISIS-K threat. But um, And and the odd thing is that 
neither of us had ever heard of ISIS K. <clears throat> no, but apparently they've been around for at least five, six years. Right, right. Yeah, right. this is all news to me because yeah. it was in Afghanistan. It was always only the Taliban and Al Qaeda, mm-hmm. and they, right. like we said, they blended them together so yeah. well. But now we got this ISIS K terrorist group. Mm-hmm. So this is from cbsnews.com and it says the terror group that claimed responsibility on Thursday for Thursday's attack in Kabul which killed 13 US service members and at least 170 Afghans is an offshoot of ISIS known as ISIS K an affiliate of ISIS the group that spread into northern Iraq from Syria 6 years ago and once controlled territory roughly the size of Britain ISIS K first emerged in Pakistan there it is mhm they emerged in Pakistan yeah Right. Of all places. I yeah. mean, Pakistan is funding al-Qaeda and funneling al-Qaeda in. Mm-hmm. They're fu- funneling Taliban in. Why not throw in another? I mean, yeah. they probably spread them out across oh, yeah. different terrorist cells. So yeah. if we take go to war against one and take them out, they've got oh, yeah. others right. to choose okay. from. Okay, ISIS-K, you're up. Yeah. <laughs> the Taliban is in. We need backup from ISIS-K. <laughs> yeah. An affiliate of ISIS. Oh, I already read that part. It says, um, first emerged in Pakistan around the same time in 2015. Its members have come from other Pakistani militant groups, including the disillusioned Taliban fighters. So they're kind of coming out of some of these yeah. other terror cells. So probably people that wanted Taliban to expand past Afghanistan. They mm-hmm. refused, and they're like, fine, we're going to start our own thing. It says, what ISIS-K did was lure, disaffect- was lure disaffected others said Seth Jones, director of the Transnational Threats Project at the Center for Strategic International Studies. Its members generally hold the view that the members of the Taliban are impure and not extremist enough. And we kind of said that was similar to Mm -hmm. al-Qaeda. Right, yeah. ISIS-K is also known for its fanaticism and is more brutal than the Taliban. The K in the name signifies Khorasan province, a region encompassing parts of Afghanistan and Pakistan. ISIS-K views itself as a global operation, as al-Qaeda did in 2001, and seeks to reestablish the historic boundaries of the province, which also extend beyond Afghanistan to parts of Iran and Central Asia. It says it primarily operates in the northeastern Afghanistan in the Kunar province, according to the analysts, and has recently bolstered positions in and around Kabul. Hmm. ISIS-K conducted 77 attacks in Afghanistan during the first four months of 2021, according to a UNC, UNSC report, June report. A big spike from the 21 during the same period in 2020. Again, we haven't heard of any of these. We didn't hear of these 77 ISIS-K attacks. All no. we heard was that the Taliban was coming. Right, exactly. Right. Says at its peak, it numbered 4,000 to 6,000. And today has less than half. It says estimated between 500 and 1,200 fighters with a capacity to increase to 10,000. So not super... How does that... 500, 1,200 with a capacity to increase to 10,000? Yeah. That is How quite do they have like a capacity? Like, is that like um, like body limit on an elevator? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It says early on, the group received support and funding from the core ISIS leadership in Iraq and Syria, which enabled it to spread in Afghanistan. Um, blah, blah, blah. Talks about a bunch of stuff. But I wanted to get down to the ideology okay. of them. What is the ideology? While the Taliban is focused on enforcing its version of Sharia law in Afghanistan, we talked about this mm-hmm. two weeks ago in our Taliban episode. Yeah. 
how the Taliban is locally focused. Right. Their uh, jihad only involved Afghanistan. Their right. only focus was purifying Afghanistan. Right. And then you had al-Qaeda, who was like, screw up. We don't really give two shits about Afghanistan. We get we only care that infidels are attacking Muslims. Right. So once we get them out, we don't really care what happens yeah. to your country. It says, ISIS-K has bigger aspirations to establish an Islamic caliphate across the Middle East and Asia. Sounds similar to Al-Qaeda. Right. The two groups are rivals. <laughs> That's the funny part. Yeah. The Taliban and ISIS-K are rivals. Yeah. The attack Thursday, beyond the fatalities and injuries it brought on the U.S. service members and Afghan civilians, was meant to undermine the Taliban. So <clears throat> we had talked about the threats from the Taliban to like the people fleeing Afghanistan or the U.S. service people leaving or those who like allied with the U.S. forces. This was supposedly an attack on the Taliban. Right. Yeah. I mean, this just gets deeper and yeah. deeper. Well, it's shaping up to be almost like Syria. You know, you're going to have probably the Mujahideen teaming up with ISIS-K to take out the Taliban. And you got the U.S. probably going to team up with the Taliban yeah, to take out... Yeah, ISIS K, but in, uh, unfortunately, going up against the Muhadin as well. So this was the interesting part here. It says they were meant to undermine the Taliban, which has been cooperating with the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. Yeah, what parts were we told that the Taliban was coordinating mm. or cooperating with the U.S. during yeah. this withdrawal? None. No, None. it was like, hey, we're withdrawing, and oh shit, the Taliban's taking over. It's like. Yeah. What do these people know that they're not telling us? Well, I, and it wouldn't surprise me at all that maybe mm. that the U.S. is working with Taliban to get what they need, you know, to, you know, they're probably giving up some high-value targets in order to get s uh, certain other people out of the yeah. country. Yeah. Well, and we had talked about what kind of deals did Trump make with oh, the yeah. Taliban to right. say, oh, yeah, you guys just keep, don't do anything stupid, and, yeah, we'll leave. And, yeah. the and, and we'll leave you some weapons so yeah. you can kind of fight off, you know, ISIS-K. It says to cast doubt on the ability of the Taliban government to govern and maintain order and security in the country. So it almost sounds like, hey, the U.S. is going to have to, obviously, right. Get join in. up with the Taliban to mm -hmm. fight this new terror cell, yeah. ISIS-K. says ISIS-K viewed the Taliban's deal with the U.S. as a betrayal of jihad, the struggle against Islam's enemies. It has denounced the Taliban's takeover of Afghanistan. That is so weird. That yeah. is so weird because this goes against everything that we've like talked about over <laughs> the last two weeks. Yeah, because yeah. as far as we've heard, the Taliban has been our enemy, and we can't believe that they're taking back. Well, we do believe, but yeah, oh, they're they're just taking back everything we fought against, mm -hmm. and blah blah blah. Well, now ISIS K is fighting the Taliban because they partnered with us to orchestrate this yeah, deal, right? And you can't make deals with the infidel. What deals do we not know about? Oh, Are they I, not telling us like about? Like I said, I'm sure there's tons of shit, shitty deals that it's, we don't know about. It's sad when this unknown shoot-off of mm -hmm. ISIS-K is bringing out more truth to this whole scenario mm -hmm. than our own government mm -hmm. has Absolutely. allowed. Yeah, yeah. So, I, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty sure we are completely in bed with the Taliban. Mm -hmm. I do, too. It just doesn't make sense why we would pull out. And all of a sudden, yeah. they're just like within days, like took, and everybody's like... Oh, uh, we didn't know it was going to be this fast. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they just happened to be all mm -hmm. like in a position where they could take over in an amount of days. Yeah. And all of this time we're warning of Taliban attacks on the civilians when mm -hmm. now we're seeing 
no, it's this other group that hates the Taliban that's mm-hmm. going to be attacking yeah. because the Taliban was yeah. <laughs> working with the U.S. Good it's so God. bizarre. It's so bizarre. This just gets more and more of a freaking rabbit trail. The yeah. more, yeah, the more it unfolds. Yeah. So you got a group that wants Sharia in the United States or in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Another group that wants um, a, a caliphate in Asia, mm-hmm. and they are up against the other group because the other group made a deal with America to gain control of the country. Who supposedly was working with the Afghan government to keep the one group from gaining control of the country for the last 20 years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's a mess, and unfortunately, the Afghan people are the ones that are going to pay the price. Still, again. Yeah, again, again. Because this is an offshoot out of Pakistan. It's not the Afghan people that Mm -hmm. are rising up. No, it's more Pakistani um, militants coming across the border and blowing shit up. Yep, yeah. And the Afghans are... Left to their own devices again. Yeah. So, like I said, <clears throat> I had an article. We don't have time to really read it, but th- there was a U.S. drone strike to take out an imminent ISIS-K threat targeting the K- Kabul airport. It, I'm not going to read the whole article, but it says the U.S. drone strike took out multiple suicide bombers as part of an imminent ISIS-K threat to the Kabul airport Sunday as officials raced against the clock to wrap up evacuation efforts in Afghanistan. The strike successfully knocked out a vehicle packed with a substantial amount of explosive material. So we have that. The military did their over-the-horizon drone strike, whatever right. that is. Yeah. They're, they're super drones. Mm-hmm. Took out this ISIS-K threat, quote-unquote. Yeah, car of suicide bombers. So I had an article that I thought you'd be interested in. Because, I mean, that we don't have to really talk too much about that. That says... yeah. Says everything we need to know. Sure. The one I wanted to read, if I can find it, was was this. Oh. Biden drone strike reportedly kills multiple children in Kabul, a family claims, not ISIS-K. Oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, damn. So we talk about the Afghan people being in mm-hmm. the middle of it again. Mm-hmm. Apparently, according to an Afghan family... A bunch of children were killed in another, yet another drone, U.S. drone strike. So this is the one I would cared more about yeah. than the drone strike claiming victory right, over right. this, because this is the shit that the government's mm-hmm. not going to tell you. Says an Afghan official who spoke on a condition of anonymity said three children were killed in the drone strike. Afghan officials had initially reported a rocket attack separate from the drone strike, but it turned out to be the same event. Video obtained by the Associated Press showed smoke rising from a building around a kilometer uh, from the airport. It says family denies being ISIS and says six children died. Muslim Shirzad, an international relations and security expert and former senior presenter for political news, has interviewed the family of the deceased, who say nine individuals, including six children, were actually killed and that they aren't ISIS. I just spoke with family members, nine people killed. It says Zamarai, who's 40, uh, Nasir is 30, Zamir is 20, Faisal is 10, Farzad is 9, Armin is 4, Benjamin is 3, Ayat 2, and Sumaya was 2. So we got 10-year-olds, 9-year-old, a 4-year-old, a 3, and two 2-year-olds killed in this U.S. drone strike, according to the 
Yeah. People that say they're the family. Right. An earlier report had six dead. It says the Afghanistan tragedy. I just spoke with members of a family in Kabul. They are originally from Panjir. He shared these photos with me. It was a rocket attack. Six members of our family, including my sister, were killed. We are not ISIS or ISK. We are ordinary people, he said while cried. Oh, here's some of the pictures. Don't have time to watch the videos. There's all kinds of them, apparently. Hmm. But that's the gist of it. It says, just days yeah. after an ISIS-K suicide bomber killed at least 169 people at Kabul airport, powerful explosion rocketed Kabul Sunday afternoon when the U.S. struck alleged suicide bombers in Afghan capital, Kabul, according to the Taliban and Pentagon spokesperson. The strike hit a vehicle laden with explosives, apparently bound for the airport. Says a U.S. airstrike targeted a suicide bomber outside the airport in a rocket Struck an Afghan neighborhood, killing a child. So, it sounds like... Collateral damage. Yeah, it sounds like they were shooting at a vehicle, supposedly mm-hmm. laden with explosives, but one of their rockets got out of hand and struck right. a neighborhood, killing well, What a do family. you expect when you're launching rockets into neighborhoods? Well, these are supposed to be these precision right. drones. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, they're supposed to be able to, like, kill somebody down to, like... like Inches or or whatever. I mean, they're they're supposed to be like super duper right. accurate. Yeah. But again, we talked about like we pull out. I mean, the people are already going to be told to hate us for just mm-hmm. leaving them high and dry. And yeah. look look what these people did for twenty years. And to put an explanation or an exclamation point at the end of the twenty year yeah. story. Let's end this with another collateral damage drone strike oh, yeah. and kill a family with six children. Yeah. Right, right. And that's not the shit you see reported on, No. oh, the successful drone strike, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, what what constitutes a successful in yeah. your book? Right. Is it the taking out of the car and, uh, I mean, we just got to be okay with the six right. children yeah, that died? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because who knows how many countless lives they would have saved. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's just bullshit numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... I don't know. What, what what do you think comes of this? Do we keep doing strikes on this ISIS-K? I, I, I think so, yeah. I mean, I, there are only supposedly 1,200 I mean, with the capabilities Obama, of 10,000. Obama bombed a, a fucking, you know, like, UN, like, medical mm-hmm. site, you know, and nobody barely talked about that. Right. So, yeah, we we don't learn our lesson. We're going to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. So you think we stay? Because people keep saying, everybody I, says, no, we don't go back for any reason, but... We I keep getting these reasons I to know. go back in. I know. I, I don't think we are because I do feel like we we are in bed with the Taliban. And you think we're so? yeah. And I think we're letting the Taliban take it over. I do think we'll provide them with aerial support as needed against ISIS K now, but I, I don't feel like we'll have a, a real strong presence on the ground. What if I mean we talked last week the conspiracy theory to throw Afghanistan into um Yeah. Like what what do we call it? Just like throw them off like into like pretty much insanity Mass chaos like yeah. syria yeah yeah that's... in order to like avert the chinese plan mm-hmm. to have their freaking infrastructure built oh, yeah. so let's let's put this all in like mass chaos mm-hmm. to throw that off what what do the conspiracy theories say about isis where did it come from according to tinfoil hat people Oh, honestly, I don't know the tinfoil hat theories. They say ISIS came from the CIA. Was the CIA? Oh, okay. I mean, it surprise me. What if? I mean, this is tinfoil hat. What if 
the Taliban what, were like, hey, we're going to make things really bad here and back into chaos. We're going to make this really... We're destabilized this area yeah. to prevent the Chinese. But to make sure it gets destabilized, let's throw in this group, this little offshoot that yeah. hates the Taliban. Right. But we can't... I mean, obviously, they're not with us because they're terrorists. Right, right, right. So it's ISIS. And let's make it more yeah. <laughs> unstable by making this offshoot group destabilize mm-hmm. the destabled Taliban. I, I could see it. I could see it. I mean, like I said, you know, there's pockets of Muadin resistance, you know, fighting against Taliban. I'm sure we're giving them weapons and money. Mm-hmm. You know, I, why not throw in the ISIS-K? Right. <laughs> it sounds so made up. It does. I know. I, I, I mean, know. it's, it's. I don't know, it's so sad. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, so sad for the Afghan people and all that. Um. There's a couple more things about Afghanistan before we get out of here, just because we're on the topic. Um, you had mentioned, you had brought up to me this this pi- Operation Pineapple or something. Oh, yeah. right, I'll right, let right, you right. talk about that in a second. But sure. first, I wanted to pull up, this is going around, this is a viral thing. This is a graphic of the Taliban's new arsenal that they've acquired, and I just wanted to give you a visual of a lot of the weapons that the Taliban now is in possession of. So if you're listening and not watching, I'll kind of read through some of these. I'm not going to read through all of it, but these are, we got like Humvees, trucks, radios. um, We got tanks, uh, pickup trucks, machine guns, artillery, pistols. Um, It looks like it says assault rifles. I'm guessing that's like M16s and M4s and all that shit. So, Total of Humvees, 22,174 Humvees that the Taliban now is in possession of. Very impressive. 8,000 trucks. So, like the big... um, Mm -hmm. Like personnel carriers. Yep. Um, Tanks, they are in possession of 169 M113 armored personnel carriers. I mean, it's a personnel carrier, but it looks like a fucking tank. 42,000 pickup trucks (laughs) and SUVs. 126,000 pistols. 358,000 assault rifles, um, 16,000 night vision goggles, 162,000 radios. But the thing is, all those radios have usually crypto in them. Right, Do they yeah. know how to use them? <clears throat> probably. That's They've probably like been trained. A lot of, <clears throat> yeah, possibly. But a lot of these things, it makes you wonder does the Taliban actually know how to fly right. an MI 17 helicopter that they now possess 33 of? And they also have 33 Blackhawk helicopters. 43 MD-530 helicopters, so a total of 66, 109 helicopters that they now have. Four C-130 planes, like the big cargo, Mm -hmm. like, or transport planes. 23 Embraer EMB-314 Super Tucano, I thought it said Super Taco, (laughs) Super Tucano planes. 28 Cessna 208s and 10 Cessna AC 208 strike aircraft. So hmm. 38, 50, 61, about yeah. 65 airplanes, and what I say, 90 some or 100 and some helicopters. Yeah. So this is the arsenal that the Taliban is now in possession of. Yeah. So, I mean, we can say that they had rudimentary weaponry before. Well, now they got cutting edge stuff. They've got some really, really. That's your tax dollars at work, people. Yeah, and it's just like, (laughs) 
Just give me one of each. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'll be happy with it. I don't need 22,000 Humvees. Just give me one. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, so when Biden comes out and says, we need to get assault weapons away from people in the United States, <laughs> say, well, what about Afghanistan? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't have a problem with giving them 350,000 right. assault rifles. I mean, how many assault rifles are there in the United States? Is it close to that 138,000 or 358,000 in Afghanistan? That's a good question. That'd be a good number to compare. Yeah. So there's that. And that just made me laugh it doesn't mm-hmm. even i mean a lot of people it pisses them off I me mean, it just obviously it i mean it's just it's no surprise to me the the if if it was accidental mm-hmm. this is the biggest clusterfuck i've ever seen <laughs> in in military logistics in I history mean, <laughs> why, why would you not why would you not torch it i mean why I just don't get that. Why would you just leave it there? Now, if it well, was on purpose because you want to give your Taliban brothers some arms to, right. to stabilize the area or fight China or whatever, then, okay, I can see that. Uh, I mean, I don't agree with it, but, you know, at least it's not a clusterfuck. Yeah, I, I imagine a lot of it, or at least half of it, is probably stuff we gave to the Afghan army and they just... Left behind. Yeah, they just gave it up when <laughs> the Taliban rolled through, but... yeah. I mean, the clusterfuck of evacuating the country. I mean, obviously, if we can't even get our people out of there, how are we getting our shit out of right. there? So, yeah, yeah I, I agree. It's just like, man, why don't we just blow the shit up? Because, I mean, we saw from the Soviet days of the Mujahideen, a lot of the equipment we armed them with is what they were <laughs> shooting at us right. during yeah. the last 20 years. So just wait another 15 years and we'll we'll be they'll be shooting us again with yeah. it in another war <laughs> when or they'll be shooting the chinese with it yeah or when we partner up with them i guess i don't know more, i don't know the more things change the more they stay yeah. the same so talk about this operation pineapple I yeah think. so this is maybe a little bit of good news with everything going on so this could get interesting is what it could be yeah so pineapple express u.s vets volunteer to secretly rescue allies in afghanistan Mm -hmm. a group of highly trained u.s military veterans has been secretly rescuing hundreds of allied operatives from afghanistan volunteering over fears those allies would otherwise be left for dead according to a report the week-long secret operation dubbed pineapple express has been carried out by a group of special ops veterans, including retired Green Bay, Green Bay's, Green Berets, and SEAL team commanders. Um, they were driven by deep frustration that our own government isn't doing anything, says former SEAL uh, Jason Redmond. We did what we should do as Americans. They initially formed to rescue an ex-Afghan commando who was getting death threats from the Taliban for work uh, with the U.S. Special Forces and elite SEAL Team 6, ABC said. After the Taliban's target and his family of six were rescued, the task force continued rescuing Afghan allies and has so far helped at least 630 get through the deadly ring of steel outside Kabul airport to safely evacuate. They normally smuggled people into the airport in the middle of the night, either one person at a time or in pairs. How are these people getting to Afghanistan? I don't know. I imagine they have Through Pakistan, probably. (laughs) I was going to say, Pakistan's cheap. Yes. Uh, That is an astounding number for an organization that uh, was only uh, assembled days before the start of operations, and most of its members have never met each other in person, former Green Beret Captain Zach Luis. The group dodged heavily militarized Taliban checkpoints to smuggle people through the airport using images of pineapples on their phones to show those being brought in that they were on their side. The tropical fruit was also used as a final password since cha- since changed 
that was given to the U.S. military members at the airport who were working unofficially in tandem with their heroic veterans. They defied deadly chaos, and one member compared the scene worthy of a Jason Bourne flick. I just want to get my people out, Major Jim Gant, a retired Green Berets, told ABC. Lawrence of Afghanistan told the network of the daring operation. Um, I have been involved in some of the most incredible missions and operations that a special forces guy could be a part of, and I have never been a part of anything more incredible than this. Um, volunteer force led by another retired Green Beret commander, Lieutenant Colonel Scott Mann, who told ABC the team was proud to have helped dozens of high-risk individuals, families, and small children. Um, goes on... And it says, uh, the rescues continued up to just seconds before the ISIS detonated a bomb into the huddled masses. ABC said that Pineapple Express travelers were injured in the terror attack, and the group was still assessing whether they were among more than 180 killed. Huh. Uh, leaving a man behind is not our seal ethos. Many Afghans have a stronger vision of the democratic values than many Americans oh, do. Shit. Damn. Yeah, I know, right? Damn. Uh, former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense uh, Mick Mulroy said the task force felt it was their duty to save allies who never wavered in support of the U.S. I and many of my friends are here today because of their bravery and battle. We owe them all effort to get them out and honor our word. So what is what's the government saying about this task, this civilian task force? Or Well, they, they didn't know about it at first because they were told, leave them be. Don't don't go outside the lines. Yeah. And um, so I, I haven't heard anything about it. I mean, what are you going to say? So <laughs> supposedly this group formed here in the United States and got to Afghanistan. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like yeah. the timing of everything seems so fishy. It's right. like the timing of the Taliban taking over in a few days. And all of a sudden the timing of this group somehow forms together. Well, um, gets uh, in Afghanistan, however, yeah. within days. Yeah. And is conducting these rescue uh, unless missions? Unless they, you know, unless they saw the writing on the wall <clears throat> and decided, you know, this is going to be a shit show and we need to do something about it. I mean, good on them if th- that's really what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. But it also sparks my theory that maybe there are different groups Probably. that are be thro- being thrown in to continue more destabilization and... I mean, why not throw in a group of ex-military, like, right. people that don't have to follow any rules because they're ex-military? They're, I mean, they're not bound by the USCMJ or anything right. like that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> throw in some CIA ops that say <laughs> they're former, like, Navy SEALs. Yeah. You're but, right. I, don't I mean, know. who knows? I mean, like you said, it, it's it's a free-for-all out there. Mm. It really is. It is. It's it's like the wild, wild east. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. know. This whole thing is just getting crazier and crazier every week. It's going to keep getting crazier and crazier. Yeah, and I mean, talk about a black hole that's being left there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think warlords took over back in the 90s. Now we have ISIS-K. We have former U.S. military guys. I'm not saying that they're power-hungry or anything. Like Supposedly, they're just there to get people out, which is great. I mean, people need to be got now. If that is what it is, and they are actually doing the job that the U.S. government isn't doing, yeah, then good on them. That's what we should be doing. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, the people are always more dependable than the government anyway, Absolutely. and that just, yeah, just proves that. But I mean, if you look at you know like what happened, you know, like in Benghazi, yeah, you know where they told the the embassy they're on their own, mm-hmm. you know, and and you know. Hillary was doing whatever she was doing, yeah, and it was up to you know 
the the spec ops unit that was up the road to yeah. go run down to the embassy and try to get as many people out as they could right. against orders. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like I said, I'm not saying this isn't the case, but there's just all the timing of everything is just making things just really weird to me. Yeah. Like all of a sudden ISIS K is just like, you know what, fuck the Taliban. Yeah. We're going in right now. Yeah. At this moment. And the Taliban rising up in like seven days and taking over the entire country. And all of a sudden, the Taliban was coordinating with the U.S., which that was not what we were being told for the last two weeks. Right. But ISIS-K seems to think so. But why would, why would, well, first of all, I, I think, I think the Taliban, when, when Trump cut the deal, I think that they ended up going to chieftains, tribal, lords um yeah and, and started cutting deals yeah They're like look we're gonna come through here all you got to do is just stay home yeah right don't don't get in our way let us get to kabul everything will be fine right and they're like okay cool you know and so they cut their deals so that there'd be minimal resistance yeah i think again that the u.s is fully embedded with taliban yeah and that you know biden doesn't want to admit that though because what's that going to make him look like you know 20 years of fighting and then all of a sudden, it's like we flip on a dime. And yeah, we flip on a dime and give it over to them. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, so I think they're trying to cover it up. But to me, it's just a little obvious. Yeah, so we put on this show, not saying that real people aren't dying, but we put on the show that um, this is this great tragedy. Yeah, right. So we don't show our hand of, hey, we're actually partnering up because yeah. ISIS K is going to be a bigger thing. I guarantee it. Oh, absolutely. Because. They got twelve hundred people with the capacity of a hundred or ten thousand. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a thing, and we're going oh, yeah. to have to put. We're going to have to call on the Taliban to mm-hmm. look. If you, if you want us to leave you alone, you better fight back against. Yeah. And then we're going to start like working more closely with the Taliban and and doing raids. Yeah, and because and you eventually know, this whole this whole show of oh this is horrible that the Taliban is taking over will merge into this oh we're we're fighting with them against this new Taliban yeah. to push out terrorists and 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 we won't even notice. No, but or most people but won't even notice. Now ISIS which has been relatively quiet for the last several years now has a rallying point in yeah. Afghanistan. Right. So now they're emboldened right. and they're going to start ramping up attacks again or or they got their their go light flipped on right again. exactly it's like okay guys we got a new area to hit let's do yep. it yep the uh, the people that put them in <laughs> the chaotic power that they had they, they're like all right it's time again yeah you guys are are released we release you to rage against yeah. right. afghanistan now go do your thing yeah uh it's a mess it is a mess. i don't even want to think about it but yeah. it's the new syria yeah so I feel bad for the Afghanis. I feel bad yeah. for the people, the, the military men that are still dying, even though we're supposedly out of there. Right. So, yeah. once again, we got to leave on an unhappy note, Bill. I know, I know. I I, I, I thought that the Pineapple Express thing would be a happy note to end on, but uh, um, it turned uh, dark. It did. <laughs> I mean, it is good that we have people, If, like I said, if that's yeah. the, the case, which I, I'd like to think that it I, is. I'm remaining optimistic on Yeah. That. Then it's good that people are stepping up to <laughs> to yeah. fill in the major holes that the government left. Yeah. So we'll leave it on that note. That works. People doing good things. Exactly. And doing what the government refuses to do. Let's get out of here. It's about it's about time to get out of here. Uh, we got tomorrow's main episode coming up, and 
We're going to move away from the Afghan Taliban, all that stuff for tomorrow's main episode. We're going to talk more like U.S. economic woes tomorrow because there there seems to be an attack on the U.S. economy from the inside is what we're noticing. And I I don't know. It's hard to even get into without really getting into it. So we're going to get into it tomorrow. And and I I think, I mean, we'll focus on the United States, but it's definitely worldwide. It, It really is. And I think... It's basically it to further the agenda of flipping over to a different form of economic right. structure, like the Great Reset type yes. mentality. Yes. So that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. We're going to get away from all the wars and shit. We're going to talk economics with our limited knowledge of economics, but we're going to see what we can do at least. Um, yes. Talk about the war against our economy, the war against um, capitalism, all that, all that yes. shit, because... Um, there, there's stuff going on that I think we're not really paying attention to, and we yeah. need to really uh, focus on it. So, and I, I think it's, you know, part of that is the matter of, you know, oh, look, Afghanistan, guys. Look yeah. over here. Look over here. Right. You know, and then whatever deals over here. So Right. So tomorrow we'll talk about that. Same time as every week, live, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Do not miss it. Make sure you let all your friends know so they can jump on. We'd like to get as much live yes. participation as we can. So... Even if you jump in for just uh, like 10, 15 minutes, that's great. We we want to see you. We want to hear from you. Um, we usually have call-ins if time permits. So we'll we'll see if that we get there. Um, so share that around. As always, check us out all over social media. Like, share, do all that fun shit that the kids tell you to do these days. Be we're, cool. I mean, we're old, but we still got to like... We got to cater to the youngsters. Yeah, we we got to know this stuff. So you got to hire like a 20-year-old like social we media We do. Somebody expert. who knows like my daughter probably knows more than. <laughs> probably. <laughs> we are going to get out of here. We are well over our time. Thanks again for watching. Make sure you share this around again. Check out Run Your Mouth Coffee as always. And anybody else that supports freedom and free speech because that's what we support is freedom and free speech. We'll catch you next time. See you here tomorrow. Live, 7 Central, t- 7 Central Time. Peace. Goodbye. The Break the Bell podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Remzo and Justin. A shout out to our sponsors, Run Your Mouth Coffee, the On The Run podcast, and Goulash Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next week and let us continue to invade your ear holes. And as always, never stop talking. <laughs>